I'd like to direct your attention to the book of Jude this morning. The book of Jude. It's great to have Sister Kylea Knutson back home with us this week. Presently attending Liberty University. It's great, always great to have her back home. In Jesus' name. Book of Jude. Begin reading in verse number 12. These are spots in your feasts of charity. Isn't it amazing the way that the Word of God is laid out? I mean, it wasn't just happenstance. It was somebody said, well, they're laid out chronologically. No, not every, not every insertion here in the Word of God is chronologically placed. But I think it's, it's placed in terms of a revelation, which is why the, you get closer and closer to the end. Now we're getting very specific about the condition of some people in the church. These are spots in your feasts of charity, when they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear. Clouds they are without water, carried about of winds. Trees whose fruit withereth, without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots. Raging waves of the sea, foaming out their own shame. Incredible characteristics enumerated by the Holy Ghost about people that have form but no content. Religion without relationship. And then he says, midway through verse number 13, wandering stars to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Wandering stars, to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Now, don't laugh when I read the title, but I want to preach to us about Star Wars. You have already disobeyed me, so now let's pray. Father, we love you. We praise you. Nobody like you. Pray in this incredible environment that the Word of God would make entrance into our lives, into our hearts. We won't fail to give you the praise and the divine recognition that you're so worthy of. We ask it in Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I'm not going to do an exegesis here of verse number 12. I've already mentioned that these are characteristics of some in the end time church. Probably in reality exampled to some degree probably in congregations for the last 2,000 years. A comparative passage would also be found in 2 Peter chapter number 2. We're not going to take the time to go there, but there are some statements and references that are duplicated between Second Peter 
in the book of Jude. It's an amazing passage of Scripture here found wandering stars in whom is reserved the blackness of darkness. That is referring to opacity. It's referring to the absence of any light reserved. I did some word studies on this particular passage of Scripture and found that this is, of course, translating from any language to English. There are grammatical and interpretational challenges because English has by far the most words of any language in the world. And so, wandering stars here is not really even talking about a star. The exact translation of the word wandering is the word planetis. And it's where we get the word planet. This is the only usage of this word in the entirety of the New Testament. And so what we're talking about here is a wandering planet. Now you have to understand at the time that this was written, and you'll appreciate it because when you get to the book of Revelation, you're seeing a lot of imagery and symbolism that meant something to the revelator. But there might be a more accurate rendering or fulfillment or interpretation that's available to you and I. Why? Because we're 21 centuries later. We understand a lot more about imagery. And at the time that this was written, somewhere approximately between A.D. 60 and A.D. 70, there was a limited understanding about astrology. The book of Genesis has three heavens, Genesis 1 and 1, of course. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. This is the very first time that you see in the Word of God that heaven and earth is wedded wedded. That is where environment and dimension were fused. And that was not an atmospheric heaven. That was several verses later when he created the firmament. That was atmospheric heaven. And then on the third day, he created the cosmic, the cosmic heavens with the sun, the moon, and the stars. And so the very first heaven that was created was the abode of God. And there was a limited understanding in A.D., just for the sake of, 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 but understand with me that there's a wide variation here depending on what commentator and what church historian you're listening to, but somewhere around A.D. 60, there was a limited understanding of the planets. In fact, it wasn't until the 17th century that there was a comprehension about the solar system and orbits and the fact that 
planets actually moved. There was very limited comprehension of these things. And so Jude, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, called them a wandering star. As I began to look at this passage of Scripture, it's like, remember those pieces of gum you got out of the big, you put your quarter in and the piece of gum's about that big around and the more you chew on it, the bigger that thing gets until, man, it's just about choking you. Well, the more that I began to chew on this particular passage of Scripture, the more the Holy Ghost just kept opening this door and opening that door and leading me to this and leading me to that. And I want to share this with you here today. Stars are cosmic characters that have always been used throughout millennia for guidance and direction. Even in ancient Babylon, Genesis chapter number 10, we see the infamous Tower of Babel that many church historians and um, commentators believe was actually an observatory. I know, depending, if you read Alexander Hislop on the two Babylons, he will tell you that it was a place of worship for Semiramis and her son, whatever. But there are some that believe that it was the very first observatory in man's attempt to get closer to the stars. But regardless of what you think the Tower of Babel was for, we do know that Babylon is the birthplace of both astrology and astronomy. That's where astrology was galvanized, and it actually took formation, was in Babylon. And um, Babylon had idolatrous uh, ramifications to it, but essentially it was the fact that you could navigate your life, your present and your future, according to the stars. Whether you're a Sagittarius, a Virgo, a Gemini, or whatever, it could lay out your absolute, tell you what kind of day you're going to have and tell you what kind of life you're going to have. I'm glad that's a bunch of baloney. I don't need nobody trying to read my palm. I got a place for my palm, and it's right on the top of your head with your hands raised, giving glory and praise to God. So astrology and astronomy have a birthplace. Both of them, although crude, very crude, became a way for people to map out and navigate their lives. Ancient mariners used the stars. They used the stars, first of all, just the rising and the setting of the sun was enough to give them uh, very rough perimeters. Very, very ancient mariners never took, uh, they never took a voyage um, out, of the, out of the eyesight of a, of a coast. They had to use the coast, kind of like a handrail going down a staircase to give them their proper bearings. But it came to the place that finally ancient mariners took the leap and began to sail uh, be it the Mediterranean or even beyond, even the ancient Phoenicians uh, used some of these crude uh, instrumentation like a sextant 
that could that would get uh, the the sign of the horizon and the moving of constellations, and therefore it would be able to give them a particular direction. Very loose, but let them know they're going in the right direction, and they'll eventually get to where they're going. I think it's understand uh, that we should understand tonight that the reason why stars could be used for navigation is because they did not move. They did not leave uh, their moorings. They did not leave their place. When God created the stars also on the third day of creation, I can almost I can almost hear that when God flung them from his fingertips, he said, now stay there. And the Bible said that they were given for times and seasons. But I'm here to tell you that man took it another step, and they used them also to plot their course and plot their voyages. Even on land, ancient journeys by land had to have the navigation of using the rising sun and the setting of the sun and went on to use the constellations to know. Even the shepherds in Matthew chapter number 2, they were dependent upon the stars. The Bible says when they had heard the king, they departed and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. The difference between a wandering star and the difference between a star used of God is when it's God's star, it's going to lead you to truth. It's going to lead you to Jesus. It's If it's a wandering star, it has a little bit of illumination, even if it's John 3.16, but it has no standards, it has no perimeters, it has no boundaries, it has no orbit, it has no submission to authority. Come on, I'm trying to preach to somebody right now. Somebody go ahead and clap your hands and give God the praise right now. Next verse. Verse number 10, when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Next verse. You know that one's good enough. They saw a star. God bless you. Are you okay? God's star is fixed. God's star doesn't shift to and fro. God's star doesn't hop from church to church. When it's a fixed star, it is submitted to a greater authority called gravity. When it's a fixed star, it's going to shine and keep on shining. When it's a fixed star, it'll lead you to Jesus' name, baptism. It'll lead you to the infilling of the Holy Ghost. If it's a wandering star, it'll go whatever way is easiest. Somebody clap your hands and give God the praise. I think that's pretty cool. Satan is the very first wandering planet. Job chapter number one. He is seen going to and fro. 
He's looking for somebody to pick on. He's looking for somebody to make miserable. And when he found out that Job was a man of perfect character and integrity, he said, I can't go any further. I've got to have this Job guy. I've got to see. I want to preach to somebody here today. You might be going through the trial of your life. You just stand true like a real star. You I'm not going to backslide. I'm not going to go back to the world. I'm not going to cash in. Just in the last nine months when we started this building program, I haven't seen, I have not seen a departure like that in a long time. But I already knew it was coming because I already knew that the devil and God we're working out some kind of a deal. And the devil said, okay, I'll let him move forward if you'll let me take A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And God said, go ahead, because on the backside, we're not just going to get A, B, C, D, E, F, and G. We're going to get all the way to A to Z. He is the alpha and the omega. He is the beginning and the end. Somebody clap your hand. Our greatest revival is almost here. Hallelujah. This phraseology called to and fro literally means constant movement in opposite directions. Total confusion. The absence of clear direction. Where did all this come from? How did all this begin in the book of Isaiah? Chapter number 14 is where this began. Isaiah chapter 14 and verse number 12 says this, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations, biblical expositors and commentators will say that that is not even really talking about Lucifer. That's talking about the king of Babylon because if you go back several verses, you will see that this is an addressing to the king of Babylon. But hang on, hang on. You don't ever put your, you never, you don't ever put your hope in a Trinitarian denominational commentator from the 4th and 5th and 6th and 15th century. That's not ever where you say, well, that's really what that is. I'm going to give you a revelation that goes beyond what a commentator says. You have to understand that in the Old Testament, under the times of the Gentiles, that God used those parent nations as the face of a demonic force that was behind the times of the Gentiles. When God addressed the king of Babylon, he was really addressing the spirit that was behind Babylon. In Ezekiel chapter number 28, it is addressed to the prince of Tyrus. The prince of Tyrus, it goes on to say, was in Eden at the day that he was created and every precious stone was covering until sin or iniquity was found in his heart. It's obviously in reference to the devil, just like Isaiah chapter number 14. However, God always allows the human government. Paul saw it clearer than anybody when he said, spiritual wickedness. 
us in high places. This is why Daniel saw after fasting many days, he finally got a visitation from, from Michael that said, you know what? I've been wrestling with the prince of Persia that was in consecutive order of the times of the Gentiles, Babylon, Assyria, and Grecia. And he said, as soon as I'm done fighting here, I've got to go back and fight the prince of Grecia, world governments. And I'm afraid to tell you, even the United States of America is but a mask, but foreign powers of the dark source. But greater is he that's in... Somebody shout. Somebody give him praise. Somebody give God glory. I don't care how bad this nation gets. I know that my theology challenge you, but it's the word of God. Somebody clap. Somebody lift your voice. Somebody give him praise. I don't care what our government does. I'm not going to bend. I'm not going to bow. There's but one God. Come on, somebody, shake yourself. think that Nebuchadnezzar acted totally on his own to come and invade the nation of Israel? No, there are demons and devils that operate in the unredeemed and stir up the enemies of God's people. There is an interpretational challenge that is found in Isaiah chapter number 14. Where did this word Lucifer come from? It is the only usage in the Bible. It did not come from translators that were authorized by King James in the early part of the 17th century. At the time of the Diaspora, when God's people, the Jews, were flung all over Europe, Africa, and Asia, the synagogues that rose up after the Diaspora, the dispersal, all of them spoke Greek, which is why the Old Testament translation to Greek called the Septuagint was a translation that was widely recognized. In the fourth century, the Catholic Church authorized a monk by the name of Jerome to give a solidly unanimous, ubiquitous interpretation that could be used by Catholics everywhere because there were spurious and fragmented Latin forms of the Bible everywhere, but the Pope wanted just one. And so he commissioned this theologian and monk by the name of Jerome. Now, this is where it gets incredibly interesting. Make sure you write this down because I want you to go home and study this out. You're going to say, I can't believe that I heard this at church. 
he inserted the word Lucifer. That is not from the original. The original in Hebrew doesn't even mean even close to Lucifer. The Hebrew word is Hillel. And yet, Jerome used the word esophorus, which means to bear light, to be a light bearer. The reason why he did not like that is because the Hebrew word, Hillel, means the bringer of the dawn, the sun of the morning. And Jerome took issue with the fact that the sun of the morning was too close to the bright and the morning star. And so he took it upon himself to introduce another word that would steer people away from believing that he was the sun of the morning. And so that word, Lucifer, is not found in any other translation other than the King James Version and the Catholic versions of the Bible. Because all the other English translations translated directly from the Hebrew, which is Hillel. In listening to a grammatical, textual criticism scholar, he said the word ephophorus and phosphorus is a direct translation of the word Lucifer. And so what I'm trying to tell this audience here today is that the devil ain't got a name. A fourth century monk put it there because he didn't like the fact that the sun of the morning was a little close to the bright morning star, and I'll preach about that here in a minute. And so he took it upon himself to lead the entire, the entire, all of Europe because everybody accepted the Latin Vulgate as being, as being very valid. It, it was a very valid translation, only he exercised that upon his own. But I'm here to tell you that the direct translation should be, oh Bringer of the dawn, son of the morning. Why is that important? Because the devil ain't got a name. The word devil and Satan means adversary. And Lucifer was the only place in the Bible you could find his name. I'm here to tell you the devil ain't got a name, which is why he's against Jesus' name. He doesn't want you praying in the name. He don't want miracles in the name. He don't want baptism in the name. He don't want you praying people through in the name. But I'm telling you, there is salvation in none other. Come on, clap your hands and give God the praise. We are known by the name. We are people of the name. We've been baptized in the name. Come on, somebody. Let's just take a minute and give God the praise. Devil, you ain't got a name. 
There's only one name under heaven given among men. And it's not the devil. It's not the adversary. It's not Lucifer. You may have demonically possessed people. They don't even know what his name is. But I'm telling you, there's a bunch of people here today that have been born again of the water and of the spirit of the name of Jesus. Somebody shout. Is that too much information for you? Sorry. This is a place of truth. Yeah. Even Hitler and the Nazi party understood the association of spiritual darkness behind governmental forces. This is why under the direction of Albert Speer, the architect of Nazi Germany, by reading the Bible, they went to Pergamos and started an excavation of the seat of Satan. And when you see the Nuremberg, the Nuremberg place where the great, the absolute great addresses were from the Fuhrer to all the troops in Nazi Germany up on their platform is a replica of the seat of Satan from Pergamos. But I'm telling you, there is a greater power. There is a greater authority. There is a greater name. That seed of Satan is still alive. It's still in a museum in Germany. But the name of Jesus is from the beginning. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word became flesh. Somebody shout. Somebody clap. This is why Satan, he hates the name of Jesus. When that star was leading the shepherds to Jesus, Herod had a panic attack. The forces of darkness that are trying to run this government into the ground Brother Lee Stone King was in an airplane. And he began a conversation with the person sitting next to him. And the person had mentioned they refused the food that was offered to them by the stewardess. You know how it is. Peanuts. I even, I even refuse that junk. Dude, I don't want peanuts. I want a cheeseburger. That's back in the day when flying the friendly skies got you a meal. He was sitting next to somebody that refused their meal and said, oh, not eating. They said, no, I'm fasting. They said, oh, you're fasting. I'm a little acquainted with that. What are you fasting about? They said, we are fasting for the demise of Christian leaders in America. And one group in particular. And he said, well, talk to me about this one group. And they said, well, we're not going to tell you a lot. They were Wiccan. And they said, 
It's one group that we have no power over. We have power over all this denominational junk that's on the television. We have power over all this stuff with the mega congregations, but there's one group we ain't got any power over. He said, well, what is it? We can tell you this. Their women don't cut their hair. Come on, I got news for all the fallen stars. We ain't changing nothing. We're not going to stay small. We're not going to stay in a manger. We're busting out of this. Somebody shout. Somebody give him praise. Somebody give him glory. They ain't got any power over the Jesus name, people. The direct English translation of eposphorus and prophorus is Venus. Venus. Venus is the bringer of dawn. That bright star, the very first star in the heavens, is not a star at all. It's a planet. It's a planet called Venus. And that bright star on the horizon every beautiful morning that kisses the dawn is not a star at all. It's a planet whose God-given function was to say the boss is coming. The boss is on his way. And we can get all fascinated with that twinkle of the brightest object in our solar system outside of the sun and the moon. And we can become fixated upon that. But when it begins to crest and the day star rise in your heart, according to 2 Peter chapter 1, revelation and understanding, the shadows have got to go, the blackness has got to go, because the sun, the bright and the morning star, is now here. Clap your hands and give God the praise. Come on, somebody shout right about now. Somebody clap right about now. It's not about a planet. It's not about a constellation. It's about the bright and the morning star, the author of illumination, the author of light, the warmth of my soul, the bringer of life.
2 Peter chapter number 1. Peter didn't even know what he was talking about. He was operating under the inspiration of revelation given to him directly by the Holy Ghost. No prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. But men of God were moved on. Men of God of old were moved on by the Holy Ghost. And he's talking about how the preaching today, Brother Wokey, you may not really even be able to connect all these dots. But if you'll go home and pray about this, and then when the day star rises in your heart, God says, this is the understanding, and now that's the revelation, and now you're connecting dots, and now you got a panorama, and now it becomes intoxicating because revelation has risen. Clap your hands and give God the praise. I don't need darkness. I don't need lying voices. I don't need people that are slick. Try to pull a rabbit out of a hat. You give me the reality of the real son of the morning star. Second Corinthians 11, verse number 14. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed. He's an impersonator. He's a fake. He's a phony. In astronomical terms, as I've already mentioned, you can see it on any day that has a clear sky because it's been resonating since the third day of creation. But before you ever see the sun, you may just start to see the hues go from penetrating black to now dark blue to light blue to a faint orange, you're going to see one star because his job description was to always show up before the bright and the morning star. Second Thessalonians chapter number 2, this day that we're living in right now, let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first. Revelations chapter 12, his tail drew a third of the stars. Except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, the Antichrist appears before the real Christ. Next verse. Who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called, I will ascend above the heavens. I will sit above the stars. I will put my throne on the sides of the north. Isaiah chapter number 14. But thou shalt be cast down to hell to the sides of the pit. But that spirit is still, it's not in heaven anymore. Now it's on earth. And this is talking about the emergence of the Antichrist who will appear before the real Christ as a type of Venus. That he is God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Next verse. Remember ye not that I told, this, told you this when I was yet with you. I told you these things. Verse number 8. Here comes the real Christ. And then shall that wicked be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth. And shall destroy with the brightness. The brightness. The brightness. The phosphorus. The illumination of his coming. 
What star are you following tonight? Are you listening? You got rap music out there in your glove box? Little little Nos. Oh, I'm speaking a language you can understand. I wasn't born. I wasn't born that night. Actually, I was born at about 5 a.m. I come up with the bright morning star. <laughs> you got a double life here today where there's a star that's leading in you into the blackness. You're bound to that internet pornography that's created. You're wondering if you shouldn't be sitting here today anymore because you feel like such a hypocrite. When nobody's listening on the job, you use curse words, you got a double life, a double standard. You can get delivered today. You can come out of the dark. You can come out of those lion voices. You can come out of the blackness of darkness where there's no victory, no deliverance, no worship, no praise, no prayer. Somebody clap your hands and give God the praise. I'm coming out. I'm coming out of the darkness. I'm coming out of this corner. John chapter 9 and verse 4. I'm almost done. Jesus made this incredible statement, which is where we are today. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. The church is entering a unique time. The book of Hosea talks about there was not a famine for bread in the land. There's a famine of the word of God. People don't mind talking about God. They just don't know their Bible. They're, they, they, they're, they've been given piecemeal by denominational outlets where it's just John 3.16 and Romans, and it's just a scattered disarray without any type of revelation or any type of understanding. It's not easy to win souls like it used to be. Man, I remember when I got saved, Brother Sergeant, in the 80s, man, we were watching people stick, giving Bible studies, people going down in the name of Jesus. Now you almost got to beg people to come new converts class until they finally have the day star rise in their hearts. Once, you, once that day star rises in your heart and you know that you're now a partaker of the divine nature, a family member can't talk you out of this. A friend can't talk you out of this. A backslidden boyfriend can't pull you out of this. Nobody in your world can pull you out of this. You are now fixed. It's permanent. You're a permanent star. Work while it is day. First Thessalonians 5 tells me we're children of the day. That's a whole other message. But the night cometh when no man can work. But God can.
you guys bought that building across the street? Yeah. In the middle of a pandemic? Yeah. How? God's working. I don't have a lot of slick. I don't have a lot of answers. We can't give the credit to flesh. We can't give the credit to good preaching. We can't give the credit to our organizational ties and affiliations. It was God that worked. Did you guys get a loan to remodel that building and transform it into a family life center at the tail end when nobody wants to go to work and everybody's on unemployment? Yeah, how'd you do it? God's at work. Are you guys turning this building into an education center and pulling people out of that transgender nonsense of a world? How are you doing that? God's at work. Somebody shout. Somebody clap. Somebody praise. Somebody lift your voice like a trumpet. God is at work. No, come on, that ain't good enough. Praise him some more. Praise him some more. We're not bragging. We're just telling you what God's doing. Everybody in the house, clap your hands for 15 seconds. Yes! Men love darkness, but we're coming through the light. Somebody shout with a voice of triumph. You may be seated. Thank you. Oh, come here. This is my brother. Love you, man. Look at this guy. Satan hates your guts. But God, I ain't stopping there. That's exactly where some of you stop. No, God is with you. God is in you. Come on, somebody. Come out of the darkness and live in the light of the bright and morning star. You may be seated, if you want to. I think in the new building, we may sell these pews. Some of you folks don't need them. Those beautiful pews you're sitting on have got special, special padding. 
It's got a completely tailored lumbar support for those among us with bad backs. They were designed with comfort in mind. But when it comes to Jesus, the only comfort I know is the great comforter. Some of you need to go home today and get the darkness out of your home. Somebody right now is saying, I haven't heard a pastor do that in years. Well, you're hearing it today because this is the way we're going to run this thing. When we get together, I don't want no devils. I want people to get delivered. I want people to be healed. I want people to be set free. I want... Love songs by Tony Bennett. Throw it in the garbage. Walt Disney's greatest hits. Flush it down the toilet. Christmas with Snoop Dogg. You already know what to do with that one. Some of you need me to do this. You need a pastor to tell you what the difference is. That's okay. But when that day star moves in your heart, you ain't never going to need anybody to tell you anything. You're already going to know. You know what? That ain't right. That doesn't feel right. That ain't 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 right. And ladies and gentlemen, that is how you build a church. We are entering in the nighttime when no man can work. Every single person in this building that has the baptism of reality, you understand exactly what I am preaching right now. The darkness, you can feel it. It's almost a tangible. It has tangibility in the human soul. You can feel it. So God said, you know what? It's right on time. I can't even see him back there. Are you still awake? There he is. Isaiah chapter 60, verse number 1. Arise! Dark out there. Hey, what's with that new guy we hired? What about him? I notice he don't cut. I notice he ain't out with the other guy. Taking a puff of green butt. I know he always puts in his full eight hours. I notice he's always asking how the boss's wife is doing. You know, she's, she's on a ventilator. 
He's always talking about praying. He's always talking about what his church is doing. He's always talking about what his God is doing. Come on, I'm trying to preach to you right now. It's time to rise and shine. Not be worried about the White House. Not be worried about Congress. Not be worried about Pelosi. Not be worried about, come on, somebody. It's time to rise and shine. You're right on time. Somebody shout. Somebody lift your voice. We are here by design. You that are standing, just remain standing. It might convict the others. I'm just kidding. I'm just having fun. Man, that guy sure preaches hard. Yeah, but he's he's just he's just a little fuzzball. For thy light is come. Mandates, 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 mandates. Nebuchadnezzar, you take your mandate. You go ahead and make it seven times hotter. You go ahead and make a decree if you want to. God has designed us for this hour. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to preach to you. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Come on, somebody. God has you and I. God is mapping everything out. He's got us here by absolute divine design. I can wish we were back in the 80s all I want. I can wish it, you know, da-da-da-da all I want. I can, I can sit around and, and, and memorialize and be nostalgic and be serendipitous about the past. I can think about all this stuff that I want. But I'm telling you, the present holds the greatest fulfillment and the greatest excitement because we are going to see the power and the glory of the bright and the morning star. Next verse. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and gross dark. That's talking about opacity. Thick, impenetrable, irreducible darkness. Not just physical darkness, but spiritual darkness shall cover the people, but the Lord shall arise upon thee. I'm trying to preach to you. I believe this with every breath in my lungs. I believe this with every ounce of blood in my system. The revival that is about to happen is going to blow the minds of men that I love and appreciate and call elders in my life. They saw one revival in the 80 and one revival in the 90, but the revival in the 21st century 
is going to be a work of the Holy Ghost. And it's going to happen through the illumination that's in you and I. You're going to be on the job and someone's going to walk up and say, I feel something different about you. I got this going on. I got that going on. I got this going on. I got that going on. Is there any help for me? Where can I go? And you'll say, I'll be there on Sunday. Have everything ready to go. And Come on, somebody. The glory shall arise upon thee. And his glory shall be seen upon thee. Some of our young ladies that have uncut hair, to to all of our young kids that are in public school, you are my hero. And I'm praying for you. I'm praying that God builds a hedge of protection around your young mind and your young heart because this transgenderism is from hell. I curse it in the name of Jesus. I come against it by the authority of the name of Jesus. And we're not just talking about it. We're going to do something about it. education today is changing right in front of your helpless eyes. Next verse. And the Gentiles shall come. I know you guys are just hiding out behind your job description. Oh, I'm just doing I'm just a slob doing my job, man. No. God's going to start leading people. Supervisors are going to show up and say, hey, i got to have answers. There's something about you. There's something different about you. I need to talk to you. We're going to come on, somebody. I believe this. As it gets darker and blacker and more hopeless out there, you're going to watch God use people. You're going to think God can never use you. God's going to anoint you. God's going to empower you. Probably the only one preaching this way. So be it. Where is that guy? Hey, come here. Come here, brother. Come here. Yeah, I love this guy. He's saying, who, me? Yeah, you. This guy. What was Gideon doing before he bought about the greatest deliverance in the entirety of the book of Judges? He didn't mind in his own business. You're looking at this guy. If you're not careful, you'll take up the heartbeat of the, of the nomenclature of this world and, well, what kind of shoes is he wearing? And I wonder if he's got designer tie on. Who cares about that junk? God can put an anointing on that life and blow your mind. Somebody shout. Somebody give him praise. Somebody give God the glory. You're going to see everyday saints being used of God. Somebody needs to run the aisles right now. Somebody needs to leap right now. Who, me? 
Yeah, you're just, you know, you got a little bit of wheat back there by the wine press. Every time you guys talk about revival, you promote revival. You till the ground because you want revival. You put seed in the ground because you want revival. And just about before harvest, the Midianites say, it's time. God talks to Gideon, just a, just a kid minding his own business. Me? Yeah, you're a mighty man of valor. Mighty man of valor. Dude, I don't even know how to use chopsticks. Mighty man of valor. See, God in the end time is seeing something in you. All right, I'll go back to preaching. Let's clap our hands one more time unto him. Well, you know, I, Pastor, I, you know, I, I don't even have a car. Okay, you're here. I give you more credit than the dude that's got a car. How'd you get here? Well, there's a bus stop over there. You get to the head of the class. There's people that got 400 horsepower under that hood that can't even make it to church. And Pastor, I don't even have a suit. That's okay. You're appropriately dressed. Sit down. The American dream and the American perception of having church, that our worship, our praise, our devotion will never change. But I'm telling you, all this other stuff, the value system that we got from being raised in this culture, God is bringing that to naught. Verse number four. Let's, let's read this together, okay? <clears throat> On your mark, get set, go. Lift up thine eyes round about and see, and they gather themselves together, for they come to thee. Did it say you knocked on their door? Did it say you gave them a track? Do not use door hangers. Because the first thing they're going to ask us is, is your church vaccinated? No, I got Holy Ghost vaccination. I am totally indestructible until God is done with me. I am, can you guys hear me back there? I am totally indestructible until God is done with me. They're going to come to us because of the illumination. Now, to our visitors, you're probably wondering, is this the pastor? Yeah. Does he act like this all the time? Pretty much. Well, we wanted we wanted a pastor to have more degrees in a thermometer, a PhD in public speaking, a graduate from Zig Ziglar's How to Make Friends and Not to Offend People, 
When God called me out of darkness, I didn't have a car. I didn't have a suit of clothes. I had one suit that I bought at J.C. Penney's, and I wore that thing till it was wore out. I had one dress shirt, and that dress shirt had to be washed after every service because you could literally wring the sweat out of it. Because when, when that day star rose in my heart, I thought, my God, where have I been? Where in the world have I been? I would have never tasted dope if I would have known this was there. I'd have never gone to the bar if I would have known this was there. I would have never become a fornicator if I'd have known this was there. I would have never been a sinner if I knew that. They come to thee. Your calling card for revival will be to rise and shine. Don't be one of these people that gets on the job and say, oh, we don't, we don't believe like that at our church. And, you know, some self-righteous, snooty, snobbish, you need to kick them in the that kind of spirit is not allowed here. We got a bunch of exits around here. Take one. The spirit that God is talking about is the spirit that comes on the job and says, you know what? This one needs prayer. You know what? What God could do with this one. You know what? What God could do with the owner of this company. God, I'm going to start praying. You and me are going to go to work on it. Come on, somebody. God is going to work. No man can work. Lift up thine eyes round about and see all they gather themselves together. They come to thee. Thy sons shall come from far, and thy daughters shall be nursed at thy side. Next verse. Then thou shalt see and flow together. Thine heart shall fear and be enlarged because of the abundance of the sea. The word sea there, if you use it in an eschatological, eschatological term, it's talking about the mass of humanity. The sea shall be converted unto thee. The forces of the Gentiles shall come unto thee because you have risen and shined. Clap your hands one last time and give God the praise. I didn't come to be religious. I didn't come to wear my Sunday best. I didn't come to go through the motions. I came to rise and shine. Come on, somebody. My last scripture is found in the book of Daniel, chapter number 12. And arguably, it's one of, out of many prophecies that were given to Daniel, it's one that Daniel greatly wondered at, but he was told to seal it up as soon as it was given. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Next verse. And they that be wise. 
What time is it? Can you really see what time it is? Come on, you current event people out there. Things are changing right in front of our eyes. And they that be wise shall realize it's time to shine. I never really developed a prayer life because life was just too good. But I can see as it's getting darker, it's time to shine. And they that become soul winners as the stars. Cornerstone, as your pastor, the day of nostalgic Pentecost, and I thank God for it because without it, I wouldn't be here. When I make these statements, I'm not being critical. I'm just telling you it's time for you to get your soul winning shoes on. And they that be wise, Paul wrote in his letter to the Ephesians, be wise, redeeming the time, not as fools. This big, beautiful building across the street, God's got plans for that. God's got plans for all this stuff. God let us rename our street. God's given us favor with inspectors. God's, give, God's given us favor with everybody. We got a bank loan when there were businesses. Couldn't even get a bank loan. I'm still, I'm still scratching my head. Our, our broker in Bellevue, Washington, sent our, our paperwork to 25 different banks, and there was one bank that said, we'll take them. During a pandemic! Our builder, who's the largest church builder in America, told me, he said, you know something, Pastor? He said, I can't figure it out. He's a, Na he's a Nazarene. Now, his, ex his explanation is, I'm a Baptist in the front door, and I'm a Nazarene out the back. And I'm thinking, what does that mean? He said, Pastor, I can't figure this out. He said, we got 25 projects going on all across America right now. The only denomination that's building churches are apostolics. Let's stand and let's lift our hands. I'm looking at the stars. Not Caitlyn Jenner, not some transgender weightlifter. I'm looking at the real stars, not rock stars, not rap stars, not some political star, not some star of Wall Street. I'm looking at the real stars. Lift your hands and let's give God the real praise. It's time to cast all your cares, all your problems, all your bitterness, all your headaches, all your resentment. Cast it on him. 
so we can shine. Come on, let's lift our hands. Let's really pray. Let's really pray. I'm asking the musicians to come. But I'm, I want us to pray right now. The Holy Ghost sent me to this place to preach this message today. I want us to really pray. Come on. George Barna did a study here a while back. He said the average church in America passed, will pray for 15 seconds. Let's see if we can break that, okay? One. Two. Three. Four. Five. Come on, many of those churches ain't even got the Holy Ghost. Six. Seven. Eight. Nine. Ten. Eleven. Come on, let's pray. We are the medium whereby God is going to cause us to shine. Fifteen. Eighteen. Nineteen. Twenty. Twenty-one. Churches all across the land are shutting their doors. But God's got plans for us. Twenty-five. Twenty-six. 27 This altar is open If you need the baptism of reality You need to repent of your sins Be baptized in the only name Under heaven Given among men gloriously fill you with the power of the Holy Ghost. Come on, this altar's open.